To listen to memory card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. So, Ben, uh, if you had to have your own magical words, would it be like, traditionally it's like, what, open sesame, you know, abracadabra. Alakazam. But like, if if you had magical words that were exclusive to you, Hmm. what would they be? Does it have to be something that's like never been said before? Or can it be like a phrase, but now it's just like magical when I say it? Yeah, it could be like a phrase like, you know, bazinga. But when you say it, it's magical. <laughs> it's actually good. And the audience doesn't cringe. I don't know why, but it always makes me laugh when people say oofa doofa. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oof, like oofa doofa. So I think that'd be really funny to say and shout maybe at people. Although it seems like something I would say when I'm disappointed. So maybe it's the magic words that make everything better. Like, oh, oofa doofa. And then, woo, hey. Whoa, it's a party. With there's magic. Yeah, magic. there's unicorns <laughs> and ice cream. Uh, yeah. What about you? Do you have some special magic words? God, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Says the guy asking the question. Yeah. Like, I didn't think of the answer. I was just thinking of the question. Just get off my back, man. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, one series of magical words that I really like is uh, Kulu Limpa. Can you say that again, but with more, you know, like um, feeling behind it? Oh, yeah. Kulu Limpa! <laughs> Pew! And you got to throw some confetti, right? Yeah, I got to throw some <laughs> confetti. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, this is going to be funny. And I don't know if you saw this because, you know, obviously people probably know that we plan the subjects of our episodes out ahead of time. What? Yeah. Oh, I've been doing it wrong. Did you see what I named this episode in the doc? No, I didn't actually. It's that. It's the thing you just said. Oh, uh, actually, yeah. I was going to have a, a suggestion for a name, but um, uh-huh. I was. Uh, we'll get into it later and um, I'll, I'll, I'll reference <laughs> it when the time comes. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, but because, you know, when you told me the topic of uh, today's episode, which I won't give away just yet, mm-hmm. that was the first thing that came to mind was that. That's actually my uh, Reddit username is based off of that. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, now we know. We can find Push on Reddit and, uh, you know, upvote him, downvote him, give him <laughs> lots of Reddit gold. <laughs> so, like, there was a time where, like, I was choosing between Push Dustin and Kululimpa as, like, my mil- as my uh, username online. Interesting. Then everyone wouldn't think your name was Dustin. Yeah, they would just be unable to spell it. They would think your name was Limpa. Yeah. <laughs> Rush Limpa. Oh boy. All right. Okay, well, should we get this episode rocking? Let's uh, start the music. So. Today's episode is all about the lovable, the unique, the one and only Tingle. Tingle is like one of my favorite uh, Zelda characters of all time. Yeah, I mean, I lo- I don't know if I love Tingle, but I feel like every time he showed up in a Zelda game, it was like fun and funny, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, oh, this guy's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy that sells you all the all the stuff in Wind Waker? Beetle? Oh, uh, yeah, Beetle. He's, the, he's always the like, shop. boy! Yeah. Yeah, I like that guy. That's, yeah, when when I do an episode on a Zelda character, it's just going to be all about Beetle. It's going to be like five minutes long, but it's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So you might be thinking, where did Tinkle even come from? I was just about to ask that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so the father of uh, Tinkle is actually Takaya Imamura, mm-hmm. who was a game designer at Nintendo EAD. Uh, he actually lives in Kyoto, and I've met him a few times. Oh, fancy. Yeah. I should actually talk to him about Tingle next time I see him. Uh. He's known for his work on um, F-Zero and Star Fox. Like, he designed the original Star Fox characters. He designed Captain Falcon. And, um, you know, his, his greatest creation of all time is really Tingle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a shame that Tingle's not a playable fight, fighter in Smash. Yeah. It's, it's actually a great injustice in the world. That, that's why I know that there's not a universal more code or anything like that he was playable in one of the hyrule warriors games though right yeah he was playable in the hyrule warriors dlc and everything like that but um the idea of tingle really came from majora's mask because when they're crafting majora's mask they needed a character to sell maps Mm. and that led the development team to think about you know who would even design the maps (laughs) and how would they design the maps Mm. and so they decided that the character would use uh, balloons to fly high in the sky and then that way they could see the different like contours of the of the region so they could make maps hmm. they decide that anyone who would you know punish themselves to fly <laughs> flying up up in the air with a, with a balloon would be kind of an odd person hmm. so from that logical conclusion it led them to a 35 year old male bachelor who is obsessed with fairies and um, wants to uh, become a fairy. Hmm. And that's that's how they decide on Tingle. Right. And he's like tiny, right? He's very short. Well, in the original Majora's Mask, he was like average size, I guess. Oh, right. But in uh, in Wind Waker, he, they made him a little bit shorter. Yeah. He actually has a father in uh, Majora's Mask. Hmm. The guy at the um, at the swamp. Oh, right. He Who like gives you a camera. He like makes a couple offhand comments about Tingle and how he was like disappointed. <laughs> he was his son. I infamously do not like Majora's Mask very much, which I know is very controversial. So when I think of Tingle, I definitely think of the Wind Waker version of him, who I think is is much more like cute. I guess you know, like he's less humanoid. He's more like roly poly. Yeah, and like uh, I think T- Tingle is definitely more fleshed out in Wind Waker, and then eventually. In the other in the spin-off games, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But um I think like Kotaku like asked Alnuma if Tingle was gay. And uh Alnuma just said no, he's just an, a very odd guy. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has some kind of flamboyant, you know, tendencies. I could see why one might think that, but if the you know producer of Legend of Zelda says he's not, I guess he's not. Or, you know, just leave it up to the, your, your own imagination. Anyway, we'll get to it in the spinoff games. But anyway, Tingle was also uh, somewhat inspired by Peter Pan. Mm, that makes sense. They're both like people in their 30s in a green suit flying around and never want to grow up. So it's kind of like a loose parody of that, it seems. Hmm. Is Peter Pan like 30 years old? I guess I never thought about how old he actually was. Well, Peter Pan's like an adult, right? Well, I think he's... I don't know. That's a good question. I thought he was like a kid that never grew up, but maybe he is an adult. In the, I feel like in the, in the Disney version, he's definitely like a kid. Yeah, in the, in the Disney version, he's definitely a kid, but like... Right. In the original story, like if he just never grew up, he's still 30 years old, right? It's like Aang from Avatar Less Airbender. He's technically like 112 because he was frozen in yeah. <laughs> ice, but he looks like he's just like 10 or something. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to look into that. Anyway. 
So Tingle has a lot of appearances in the Zelda franchise. Like we mentioned, he's in Majora's Mask. He's in um, Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. He's also in Four Swords Adventures and the Minish Cap. Mm-hmm. He has like a, a reference in Twilight Princess as well. Like there's like a realistic character that is like loosely based off of Tingle. Hmm. So uh, part of those appearances, like they they were thinking, what would Tingle look like if he was realistic? And that's how they came up with Perlo in, in Twilight Princess. Right. But uh, yeah, so for a while, it was like Tingle was like everywhere. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of disappeared. And that's because after Wind Waker, there's this huge hate campaign Whoa. by Western fans to kind of remove Tingle from the Zelda games. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Wind Waker, for those who weren't around when Wind Waker was announced, that game got like a ton of hate because it went away from a more realistic look that, you know, uh, Ocarina of Time was kind of trending towards back to that like cartoony, the, you know, cell tune, tune link. Yeah. And so it's understandable that they would latch on to like the goofiest, most cartoony character in that game if they were going to hate on anything. Also, like Tingle in Wind Waker is responsible for the Triforce quests, hmm. which is like probably the worst <laughs> part of wind waker right yeah so like you're just having to go around the the sea look for these triforce pieces while like tingles like haha i'll sell you a map if you give me rubies and it's just like needless padding yeah <laughs> it, it's, it's a little monotonous yeah and so like they actually um ign they had a uh campaign that was called Die Tingle Die. Jeez. Which is, uh, you know, German for the Tingle the. <laughs> which is what I wanted to name this episode. <laughs> that is, uh, you mean Die Tingle Die or the Tingle the? The Tingle the. Yeah. Now, in this, uh, well, I can't say too much because what Push is referencing is a Simpsons joke where Sideshow Bob gets a tattoo that says, Doesn't it say die, Bart, die? No, that's German for the Bart, the. No one who speaks German could be an evil man. And um, I'll just let you guys know that later on in the season, sometime soon, we are going to do an entire episode that's just over Simpsons video games. So it's a good little lead in there. Yeah. So did, uh, I mean, how many, what did they get people to do? Like sign an online petition or mail angry letters? It was by the IGN editorial team. So it wasn't like signed, attributed to like one person or anything like that. Hmm. And um, they had a GIF of Tingle getting shot in the head. Jeez. And his head flying off. Wow. I'll I'll be sure to send that to Ben so we can get that on the um, <laughs> save files. That one's going to be behind a uh, special. You're going to have to type in your birthday to see that one. I assume there's no blood and guts. <laughs> no, there's no blood or guts. It's okay, just like, good. but it's also like, this is kind of ridiculous. Right. That like, that hate campaign got that far that like, mm-hmm. an official video game publication was just like, yeah, we want Tingle to die. Mm. Like, it's pretty extreme. Yeah. I can't think of many characters that I hate that much that I would want them to die. And so I think like because of, you know, that campaign by IGN and also like, you know, message boards, you know, Nintendo has a pretty good read on what fans are saying. Mm -hmm. They decide not to include Tingle as much in the Zelda franchise. Uh, I think in Breath of the Wild, he has a couple of references, but like not an appearance. And you can get his uh, costume. Yeah, (laughs) that was funny. 
but that's like a extra content not not found in the main game mm-hmm. it's a good nod but it uh i'm trying to think of i mean there are humanoid characters obviously in breath of the wild i, I would be interested to see what angle they would go for if they made tingle in breath of the wild who knows maybe he'll show up in the you know sequel but yeah uh game daily their, their publication back in the day they had a top 10 list of ugliest game characters and tingle was number six <laughs> but like in um in japan like i don't think his uh reception was that negative like a lot of people thought he was like quirky or you know mm-hmm. kind of humorous but not you know didn't hate him or anything like that yeah he almost seems like kind of a classic like manga like caricature yeah of somebody who's kind of like nerdy almost like an otaku kind of thing like oh i love maps so much mm-hmm so I could see that. Yeah, and like I, I, the way that the reason I kind of like Tingle is because I feel like he's kind of like a natural parody of Link himself. Mm. It's kind of like a, a funny take on on Link cosplay. Yeah, and he wants to be Link. He's like, ah, I wish I had fairies. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, today we'll be mainly talking about the the side games that Tingle kind of spawned, and all three of these were uh, developed by a company called Fanpool which is uh, located in Tokyo. Members of the Vempol team include uh, Taro Kuro and Kazuyuki uh, Kurashima, who both worked with uh, Love Day Lick, so um, the LOL game. Mm-hmm. They they were involved with that game. They left and formed their own studio called Vampool. And um, initially, they were making games for PlayStation 2. Like, they worked on a game called Indonesia and Coloball 20, uh, 2002. Hmm. But after that, they started working uh, exclusively like with Nintendo projects. Uh, their first project was uh, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, just the mini-games on that title. Oh, all right. And then, um, yeah, after that, they've been working on Nintendo games. Like They're probably most famous for Dylan's Rolling Western. I remember that. They worked on Sticker Star, Paper Mario Stick, uh, Sticker Star, and Chibi-Robo Ziplash. Ooh. Some, some infamous entries in some beloved series there. Yeah, but they also um, they helped out with Little King's Story and uh, Kirby's Fighter 2 hmm. and Kirby uh, Super Kirby Clash. So up and down, I would say. Uh, probably from a Western perspective, they're not very well-beloved games, but they have been a solid Nintendo studio since 2003. Hmm. We're going to put things on a pause for a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Memory Card. That's us. That's right. We're our own sponsor. And if you'd like to support us, you can leave a four or five star review on the podcasting platform of your choice or follow us on Twitter at MemCardShow. But Ben, what about our fantastic patrons? Of course, of course. In fact, our wonderful patrons over at Patreon are really what make this show possible. And if you are feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com slash memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early and ad-free episodes, Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shout-outs, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. What's our sticker for this season, Push? Well, since it's our eighth season, we actually have this wonderful little robot, Octorok. And it was actually illustrated by my friend, uh, Midoribin. You can follow her on Twitter at midoribin underscore art very cool eight legs for eight seasons i like it i like it well thanks for taking the time to hear us out let's go ahead and get back to the show
What games from Fanpool are uh, have you played? I've played Dylan's Rolling Western, uh, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you said they worked on some of those like Kirby Fighter games, right? Yep, uh, Super Kirby Clash and Kirby Fighters Two. Right. So I've, uh, I think I've played both of those, and then I have Superstar Saga, like the original and the remake, and I've probably played some of those mini games. So a decent amount. So these these are games they made like on either side of the Tingle games, right? These weren't all before or all after, right? Yeah, like um, the freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Ruby Land, Ooh. which was released in 2006. That was their first like full-on Nintendo title. Hmm. And then um, they also released um, a couple of other uh, titles, which we'll uh, talk about. Okay. So uh, the first game that they worked on was Freshly Picked Tingle's Rosy Rupees, and um, that was released on September 2nd, 2006. Mm-hmm. And it would eventually be released in the UK and Ireland a year later, like on September 14, 2007. But it never made its way to the United States, hmm. probably because it featured Tingle and <laughs> Nintendo was just like, no, not, no, the Western fans are not going to like this. Yeah, they want Tingle to die. Yeah, the Tingle, the. <laughs> um, but in this game, the Tingle is offered a life of paradise in a land called Rupee Land. You start off the game as a 35-year-old bachelor. <laughs> and you enter your own name like you you can choose your own name but then uncle ruby comes and says you know that he's a very important person as you can tell <laughs> and um he decides to curse or transform you into tingle so um as tingle it, you need rubies to survive if you don't have any rubies on you then essentially you die. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's it's quite... Uh, money makes the world go around in this game. Uh, before we get further into... Is this just... Is this like, hey, you live in the Legend of Zelda world and your uncle came and said, like, hey, you're Tingle now? Or is this like, oh, no, I got pulled into a video game type of deal? It's like uh, you visit a pond uh-huh. near your house and a giant ruby uh, in the sky starts talking to you and it's like you're, you're tingle now and <laughs> it's 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 it has a very weird art style to it that i kind of like but do you think it's just like supposed to be like real life like at that point it's supposed to be like in the middle of real life and zelda i guess i don't know i don't think i don't think it's canon right i don't think anyone's thought this hard about it either except for now yeah <laughs> but basically um everyone in the game requires money hmm. like in order to even talk to people you need to give them money hmm. in order to you know advance certain areas of the game you just need to give out money <laughs> and so it's kind of a piece of art like it really tells us a lot about our society <laughs> because um you know everyone is just out to get money mm-hmm. and everything like that you can get ahead by just like you know throwing stacks of cash everywhere yeah by just getting money there's like a town and like you have to pay the guard to get in and then like in order to, to like even sell things at the shop you need to give the money and stuff like that it's it's quite unique gameplay hmm. the whole premise is just like crafting different items selling them or completing different dungeons getting money and then just like trying to increase your money hmm. the the fighting style is very similar to uh kaido no tamini kaneonaru which is uh for the bell oh the frog game the frog game yeah right where like you automatically start fighting uh, other uh, enemies and stuff like that in a cloud of dust like mm. a comical yeah cloud of dust that just moves around and uh 
the main premise of the game is that you try to get your cloud of dust to include as many enemies as possible <laughs> that you can reasonably handle. So that way you fight more things at once. Hmm. And um, then you, they, they'll drop like bones or minced meat or other goodies that you can use to craft items, hmm. which will help you in the game. Now, I, I think you mentioned this before. Maybe not. I don't know if I missed it. This was for the DS, right? Yeah, this was for the DS. Okay. And was this something in Japan that you could just go out and buy? Or was it like a special game that you only got? No, this was a, a normal game that you could, you could go out and buy. I thought maybe it was like a Club Nintendo you know, special thing. No, there was a Club Nintendo game, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. That might be the one I'm getting it mixed up with. Yeah. Uh, you can also hire bodyguards hmm. in this game. So uh, when you hire a bodyguard, they, they will help you fight. I mean, you can tackle stronger enemies and uh, different, uh, more enemies at once. Mm -hmm. And um, after you, you collect enough uh, rupees, then you can throw them into the pond. And uh, from the pond, a tower will grow. And um, once you grow that tower high enough, then it will launch into space and uh, completely penetrate the moon. <laughs> like the Majora's Mass moon that we all hate? No, no. Just the nice normal moon. Just the nice normal moon. Okay. And then um, this is a spoiler warning for mm -hmm. fans out there who are still waiting to experience <laughs> the game. At the end of the game, it ends. Uh, you discover that Uncle Rupee is uh, bad. And he's been corrupted mm. by money. Gee, go figure. Yeah, he only, he he's been using Tingle to to raise money, so that way he can live a life of luxury, uh, where he doesn't have to work. He can eat food all the time, have dates with beautiful women, stuff like that. Uh, so Uncle Ruby um, starts to attack you, and you have to use the rubies that you have collected to fight Uncle Ruby, and. Um, you it it turns into like a space space invader kind of game where you you're moving just side, like around the screen avoiding the, the different shots and everything like that <laughs> and you eventually take down Uncle Ruby in the end um you still succumb to the curse of the rubies and and want nothing more but more rubies <laughs> it's like capitalism even if you try to fight it there is like a a niece of Uncle Ruby her name is Pinkle mm-hmm and um, this is supposed to explain why Tingle is obsessed with fairies. Oh. Because uh, Pinkle hel helps uh, Tingle. And she is a fairy or she wants to be a fairy? Or? She is a fairy. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. This is the one uh, Tingle game that I, I own. I think I picked up a copy when I was in Japan. And I'm realizing now that I've mm -hmm. never actually played it. I just, I mean, it's still like wrapped in whatever uh, it like came in. It wasn't like brand new, brand new, but you know, it was just like kind of wrapped up in some cellophane or something. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I should bust that out because I like DS games are, are not region locked. I, I could be playing this right now. I wouldn't understand any of the text, but you know, I could be getting my, my tingle on. The next tingle related project that Van Poole related was the, uh, Dekisugi Tingle Pack for the DSiWare. Mm -hmm. And that was like a DSiWare download. You know, uh, in English, it was called Too Much Tingle Pack. Mm -hmm. And uh, included a calculator, a dancing tingle image, a tingle reader timer, and a coin flipping minigame. Uh, it was actually only released in Japan. And it was uh, released June 24th, 2009. Hmm. And um, it was just like one of those... Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but the DSiWare, they had, like, a ton of those bad apps. Right. Where they just, like, 
or just calculators and yeah it was like hey we have the internet now uh what do people want <laughs> yeah and like the dsiware like the app size like was only so big so you couldn't really develop full-fledged games and everything like that yeah it was pretty limited after after they you know released the the too much tingle pack they uh released a game called in english it's rip uh ripin's tingle balloon trip of love hmm. or in japanese uh Irozuki Tingle no Koi no Balloon Trip. And um, that was released in uh, August 6, 2009. Hmm. And it was also, like I said, mentioned, uh, developed by Vampool. And this one was heavily inspired by The Wizard of Oz. Hmm. But it's like a riff on Balloon Fight, right? The like NES game? No, this one's not Balloon Fight. Oh. This one is a point-and-click adventure game. Tingle gets sucked into a book called The Ripened Valiant Hero's Balloon Trip of Love. <laughs> he finds out about the book because it's uh, it's usually 4,800 rubies, but it's, it's discounted for two, two rubies only. Hmm. So, he decides to order the book, and when the book comes, he gets sucked into it. And the only way that you can escape from the book is to dance with the princesses of the world. Hmm. So, uh, Tingle teams up with Kakashi, the knowledgeable scarecrow. <laughs> Buruki, the uh, the very kind tin robot woman, and Lion, who is a cowardly lion. Wow! So they like legit just went for it, huh? Yeah, they just like legit went for the the Wizard of Oz story. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that that's like public domain at this point. Like anybody can make a Wizard of Oz type thing, right? It's got to be. It's so old. I mean, it's it's a parody, so yeah. But even then, I feel like they must have done. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So yeah, Tingle has to meet up with five women and uh, increase his love push meter with them. It's a point and click adventure, as I mentioned, and he can do this by buying the the five women presents and uh, advancing through the story. So is it like a dating game, kind of? It's kind of like a dating game. Huh. So I, I kind of like looking back on this. I kind of really appreciate what Vampool did because they did a Tingle game all about money and all about women. So it's like <laughs> the the two facets of Tingle. I can't believe Wario didn't show up. Those he loves both those things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a third Tingle game, like a full fledged Tingle game that was in the works. That was briefly in the works by Vanpool for the Nintendo DS, mm-hmm. and that was going to be a horror game starring Tingle. Oh, uh, no other information is really known about this. Just that. It was going to feature Tingle as the main character, and it was going to be a scary, spooky game. I wonder if, uh, like, Tingle would be after you, or if you would be Tingle and things would be trying to scare you. That seems more likely, but you never know. Probably the probably that. That's more <laughs> likely. Like, I think a lot of all, uh, sites have assumed that Tingle would be after you, but seeing how Vampool has made, like, two Tingle games starring Tingle, I would mm-hmm. imagine that it would be you'd be Tingle. and Right. He'd be, like, some creepy dungeon. In addition to those uh, Vampool games, there was also a game that was developed and published by Nintendo that was released in Japan as part of their Club Nintendo service. And this is what you were thinking of before. Oh, uh, right. And that was uh, Tingle Balloon Fight DS. Yeah. That was released uh, in between the freshly picked Tingle's Rosie Rupees and the ripened Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love hmm. uh, on April 12, 2007. And this game is, ju- is basically just a remake of Balloon Fight for the NES, but starring Tingle. Which I think makes a lot of sense. Right, because he's all about balloon travel. The perfect combination. Yeah. The game uh, features uh, rupees uh, flying, you know, on balloons. And right. you can pop those and grab those rupees. Gotta go up and down. Yeah. 
Makes sense. It also features like multiplayer mode, which is really cool. Uh, I, th- I think it's a really solid version of Balloon Fight. Yeah. You know, Balloon Fight's one of those games that before I'd ever played it, like I didn't play it growing up. And before I'd ever played it, I was like, this looks like the stupidest, like lamest. But then you get like playing it with a friend. Oh my God, it's so fun. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people, like it looks silly. It's like a guy with balloons on his back. Like, what are you going to do? But it's a basically, it's basically like joust, you know? And you're just like trying to bump people and, and hit enemies. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you have never tried balloon fight, go go forth and fight with balloons. It's shockingly fun. Yeah, but despite all the hate that Tingle has gotten, there's been people who, you know, stand up for Tingle. You know, Kensuke uh, Tanabe, who works at Nintendo, he says, you know, he's interested in making another Tingle game. Uh, he said, you know, I know that people can't stand Tingle, <laughs> but to me, that challenge is... Could I take the ch- the character that is so so hated in the West and do a complete turnaround and make him beloved, fun character? <laughs> the idea of that just really gets me going. I know we made a Tingle game in the past, but maybe some point down the road. Uh, it's like romance. You meet someone and you're like, oh, God, I can't stand that person. And <laughs> three weeks later, you're madly in love. It's that turn, <laughs> that quick whip that motivates me a little bit. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think they could make a really, like, funny tingle game like if they just overhauled his design and made him like giant and just like completely jacked but like in the same outfit you know what i mean that'd be hysterical like make him into like a jojo's bizarre adventure character (laughs) people would get behind that i can almost guarantee it you could keep everything else the same you get some tingle stands yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I i think al numa also really likes tingle you know, there was some comments where he didn't want Tingle in the base roster of High Warriors because of the West hatred. But mm. eventually he did come to High, High Warriors. And I think people online have kind of come around right. to Tingle. I don't see so much hate of him anymore. Yeah. And I think his appearances in High Warriors helped kind of elevate his image a little bit because people are like, oh, yeah, he's just a fun, quirky mm-hmm. character. Yeah, he's kind of like Waluigi. Yeah. I mean, uh, Waluigi, I think, got uh, more fans right off the bat, but they just... You know, Nintendo's good at making weird characters, and Tingle is like a perfect example of that. Yeah, and, and Wario started out as a weird character. Yeah. Like, he was literally made to be the parody of Mario, mm-hmm. and now he's a full-fledged character. So, I, I, I could see the same thing happening for Tingle. Yeah, and Tingle's shorter. He's got a big red nose. He loves money. He loves women. He is the Wario of the Legend of Zelda universe, let's be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I think that wraps up our, our Tingle episode. Make sure you smash that, that subscribe button. <laughs> that's right. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with more cool gaming history. Fa- oh, wait. That's, that's what we say at the very end of the, uh, after the credits. We can't, we can't jump ahead. All right. Well, Push, you know, you know how we got to uh, end this one, and that's with you giving us one final magic shout out here. So hit us with it. Kulipa! <laughs> Oofa doofa. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. This episode and every episode in Season 8 was edited by audio superstar Mikey Yankovich. 
If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at MemCardShow or you can visit our website MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBenTendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting MemoryCard on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Courtney Cotton, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Nick Callis, Jaehoon Jeong, Sean Marafini, and Joseph Bayer. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.